How's it going? Yeah? That was three of you. How's the rest of you doing? Uh, it's 11.35, people. Y'all need to wake up. Listen, today, it was so cool. Um, I didn't realize this. It caught me in the, the second service. But in the first service, when Elizabeth was up here, she was talking about it's a new year. It's a new day and all this kind of things. The year of the Lord's uh, favor. And we, we finish Rosh Hashanah tonight, this evening. And so I will say to all of you, Shana Tova, which means let's have a blessed year. Amen. That's good stuff. So this morning, I want to speak to you about the physical, the spiritual, and the heavenly realms. I'm going to finish up this little mini-series called Realms. And so if you have your Bibles uh, with you, if you would turn to the book of Daniel, chapter 10, we're going to get there in just a little bit, Uh, Daniel chapter 10. And then also, the first scripture we're going to read this morning is in the book of Psalms, chapter 24. And so I'm I'm going to share with you how we navigate uh, through the spiritual realms. And here's what you need to know uh, from the onset, is that the battle that we're going to talk about today is unlike any battle that you've ever had before. And, and the, this is the reason why, because the battle that you're going to be involved in right now has already been de- decided through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In order for us to experience the manifestation of that victory in our lives. We need to learn how to to maneuver through the snares and through the traps that the enemy continues to try to lay for us because it's part of his nature. It's how he's bent to steal, kill, and destroy. But the uniqueness of this battle is that Jesus has already won. Amen? The battle has already been decided. He is a defeated enemy. Can you say amen to that? Okay, here's the thing. We're going to go through this message, and I'm going to ask you some questions like I just did. Like, can we, and you just say, yes, Eddie, amen, or whatever. I need you to respond to me because we'll get out of here way sooner, okay? Because if not, I got all day, people, all right? So listen, it's, it's in surrendering our lives to Jesus Christ. Hear me. It is in surrendering our lives to Jesus Christ that we appropriate, that we take hold of the victory that, that Jesus Christ purchases with at the cross. It's in allowing the word of God to conform our hearts, to renew and transform our minds, that we are given strategic insights on how we need to live a victorious life. But it takes the spirit and the word of God and for us to gravitate to that, to grab a hold of it and say, yes, This is for me. I'm going to appropriate by faith everything that Jesus died on the cross for me to have. Amen? Okay, you guys are getting it. Now, this is the question that I get asked by people all the time. Is Well, if Jesus already won the battle, why do I have to go through it? Isn't God in control of everything? And my answer to them is no, God is not in control of everything. He is in charge of everything, but he's given us control. Let me show you in the scripture. Psalm 24, I told you to turn there. Psalm 24, verse 1 says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. God is in charge. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns all of us. We were purchased with a great price, the purchase of the blood of his son. But if God was in charge of the planet, 
in control of the planet, rather, there would be no sin, there would be no death, there would be no sickness, there would be no child trafficking or abuse, there would be no murder, there would be no hatred. God owns everything, but he has left you and I in control. Psalm 115 says this, the heavens are the Lord's heavens, but the earth he has given to the children of man. The earthly realm is under the dominion of, and control of mankind. However, in many ways, many ways, we've abdicated as a people of God that dominion. How? By not walking in our God-given authority. By not engaging the enemy. We've seceded that dominion. In order to reign, in order to, to take back what was stolen by the enemy, we have to have a revelation first of whose we are, amen, then of who we are, and then we have to actively pursue to see where we are positioned, where we are seated in Christ Jesus in heavenly places. From that vantage point, then we have to operate responsi responsibly as we engage in the realms of the supernatural. I said this last week, and if you didn't get a chance to listen to that message, I hope that you will. You have to recognize when you're under siege, when the enemy is coming after you. Then you have to stop pouting. No pouting. I have so many people say, me, Eddie, I've been pouting this week. I've been pouting. I've been pouting. And I said, well, stop pouting. So we, we recognize, we stop pouting, we start speaking, and then we run to God. Doing that begins the process of moving into that different realm from the physical to the spiritual and to the heavenly. See, the physical realms consist of the earth, uh, the sea, the sky. It includes the things that you and I have created. This realm of life can be broken down into two parts. And the first part is those who are uh, living according to God's will are surrendered to him are part of the kingdom of God. Those who are, uh, don't want to follow God's will, they want to do it their own way, we would say those people are living in the world. They're not following after God's kingdom. So as followers of Jesus, and we need a revelation that we are born again of the Spirit of God. And because of that, we have the ability to see and to discern the spiritual realms operating in and alongside the physical realm. Additionally, we need an awareness of the authority that we carry in the spiritual realm, which gives us a greater understanding on the functioning of the authority that we have been given here on earth. You have to understand that we are, somebody said this to me, we are spiritual beings living in a physical world. And so if we're going to change the things in the physical world, we have to engage in the spirit. Make sense? Are you tracking with me? Some of you are like, eh, maybe. Okay, so anyway, the issue that we have to deal with a lot of times is that we see God as way up there. We see him removed from our circumstances, far away from the world. We think heaven is a place that one day when we pass on that we're going to go to. We're waiting until we leave this place and then we're gonna experience heaven. Listen, that's a short-sighted view if you have that view. The word of God speaks that the spiritual realm exists alongside the physical realm. 
The spiritual realms are real, and the physical world are, are, are what we can see, but the spiritual realm is just as real. And these two, these two realms overlap, they interact, there's continuity as we move forward in our lives. And while most of us can't see the spiritual realm, these spiritual dimensions, we only observe the, the ramifications in the physical realms, they still move along side by side in existence. Here's what we need to understand and why I'm sharing all that stuff is because the events in our physical world are shaped by what's happening in the spiritual realm. Let me back up for a minute and bring this, uh, give you a scriptural context. Prior to the fall of Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve could see into the spirit world. When God breathed into the nostrils of Adam, he became a life-giving spirit. And they could see in that spiritual world. They were able to walk with God in the cool of the evening and speak with directly to him. They were actually able to see the enemy come to them and tempt them. His activity was happening in the spiritual realm, but physically to them, they saw a snake, a serpent. Here's the ironic part about that scripture, that passage of scripture. When Adam and Eve sinned, their sight was changed so they could no longer see into the spiritual realm. The Lord had given them a garden, and he said, you can eat freely of every fruit of the tree of the garden except for that one tree. Don't eat of that tree because the moment that you do it, you will die. Now, he wasn't talking a physical death. He was talking a spiritual death. Spiritually, they would die. So when they operated and they navigated with God into the spirit, the moment sin entered in, they lost spiritual sight. What was interesting is that they gained a physical sight and they looked at each other and said, oh my goodness, we're naked. And they began to cover themselves up with leaves. And so when God was later on walking in the garden, I guess preparing to take a walk with Adam and Eve, they were hidden and he says, where are you? And they say, we hid ourselves because we were naked. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Did you eat of the tree that I told you not to eat? And typically the man would be like, well, it's the woman that you gave me, it was her fault, right? And then the woman said, uh, it was the serpent, he's the one that deceived me and that's why I ate. They were both trying to blame somebody else, but in reality, they were blaming God and saying, it's your fault. And so before, think about this, walking with God to see in the spirit, see everything, having dominion over it all. But when sin entered in, they lost their physical sight. What they could see before, the brilliant glory of the heavenly realms, now their observation of the physical world was dimmed because they noticed that they were naked. When sin entered in, the light of the heavenly glory was turned off, and their view of the physical world now became greatly intensified. See, God operates in these spiritual dimensions of reality, but he also creates and sustains the physical world through the power of the Holy Spirit, who was at creation, listen to me, and he also is with us and in us now. So the spiritual world has invaded the physical you and I. Listen to this, Genesis chapter one. And the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. This is that creation. The spirit of God was hovering over the water creation, or the earth, spirit and the physical. You with me? Now, if you listened to my message last week, I spoke about how water is often used to refer to the word of God. So take that picture a step further. 
the Spirit is hovering over the water, the Word of God. Are you tracking with me? Say yes. And so, who leads us and guides us into all truth? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is hovering over the Word of God, and He leads us and He guides us into all truth. The Word of God tells us that God is watching over His Word to perform it. The Spirit is interacting with the natural. Are you tracking with me? Yes. Now, here's, a, here's a, the third, third part. The Word of God, just like water, is a cleansing agent. It will cleanse us, and I'll show you the Scripture here in just a moment. Here's the point. The Holy Spirit is not in some distant place far up there where we can't reach Him. The Word of God says He's a never-present help in our time of need. God said, I will never leave you or forsake you, but be with you always. And how is He with us? Always through the power of His Spirit in us and through us. The spiritual realm where He operates manifest in the natural. See, there are two realms of existence that interact with each other in ways that we can't often see. And more times than not, we fail to understand. Today, many believers, many followers of Jesus either fail to understand these things or the simple matter is they don't want to. However, over 300 years ago, almost everyone understood the world in this way. There was a spiritual and a physical realm operating together. Now, I know that there's people in here that believe this as well, and I know there's, there's multiple indigenous uh, people that still think this way. However, their focus oftentimes is on the negative or the dark side of the supernatural. For the rest of the world, unfortunately, the spiritual realm is simply superstition. It's old-fashioned, and it's irrelevant to the real world. Let me give you a real-life example and this, maybe I, I like pictures because it helps me to, to, to put it into perspective here. Say you invite a guest to your home. Maybe it's a couple that you invite to your house and you're going to have dinner and you're going to spend some time and you're going to you know, fellowship and all those kind of things. And when the couple gets into your house or comes to your house and you open the door, you recognize and you kind of notice something's a little off. They're, they're, they look a little bit agitated, a little bit disgruntled with each other and things like that. And, and so they come into your house and as you're having dinner, it comes to light that they're having an argument, a disagreement. And uh, you, you're like, wow, yeah, we kind of figured something was wrong when you, when you came in here. And so uh, the night goes on. You, you, maybe if, if you're feeling really bold, you minister to them, you pray for them, and then they leave. And they've been gone for a few minutes. You're in the kitchen, you're cleaning dishes and all that kind of stuff. You're cleaning up the house and putting things back together. And all of a sudden, you and your spouse begin to argue. You begin to have a disagreement, and you're fighting. And you're like, What happened? Well, let me help you out just a little bit. What happened is the siege that this couple was under and their family came into your home. And now it's manifesting in your life. There was nothing wrong until this spiritual realm invaded the physical realm of your home. Now, that's not to condemn the people that came. They were under attack. They were dealing with something that was very uh, strong against their marriage. But we have to engage in the spiritual realm to get rid of it in our house. That makes sense. Let me show you how this would work uh, in in in, uh, in our house. We love to have people in our home. It's it's cool. It's fun. Um, we like to cook. Uh, we really like to eat. You can tell. But um, we 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 love to have people over. We love to fellowship and have a meal. 
But every single time, no matter what happens, no matter how great the meal was, no matter, it was great, I'm telling you it was great. But I'm just saying, no matter what's happening, no matter what's on them or what's us, when they leave, we say, God, thank you for the fellowship that we had tonight, but whatever spirit they brought in here that wasn't of you, we want it out of here in Jesus' name. This is the house of refuge. This is the house of peace. And we believe that your spirit resides here, Lord God. So bless them as they leave, but there's no spirit, there is no weapon formed against us that will prosper in Jesus' name. What we're doing is we're recognizing there may be spiritual activity that's going on in their lives that we don't want in our house. And so we deal with that. Another, another way that we do this is with our kids. They're not, they're not with us anymore, praise the Lord, but um, they're often doing their own thing. Did I say that out loud? Anyway, but when they were with us, sometimes they would come from school. Uh, when they were younger, they would come home from school and they would have an attitude on them. They would have an edge on them. Like a, and you could feel this rebellious spirit. And we would say, oh, whoa, 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 that doesn't work here. We're not going to allow a spirit of rebellion in this house. So we're going to make a suggestion. Go to your room, pray, see God, and get dealt with. Because here we will submit to one another in love, usually. You understand? All right, you know, they kind of walk in, and they get it right. And a few minutes later, they'd come up. Mom, Dad, I'm sorry for my attitude. Cool. That spirit don't work here. That makes sense? The natural and the spiritual working alongside one another. Now, we're going back to marriage. Listen to the scripture here. I'm going to show you how this works. Ephesians 5.25. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. See, I told you, whenever God speaks, when you ever see the water, Oftentimes, it's a symbol of the Word of God. And so here's how it would work in our house. Um, when, when Beth and I would have a, a disagreement and we'd have a big fight or something, and she's not here, so I can tell you that she starts them all. And so, um, so we would have a disagreement or, or fight. The way what we would do is in the middle of this, uh, this has actually happened to us. We had a huge disagreement one time. We were going at it pretty good. And Beth and I tell people, Beth and I, we... we we like to fight, so we weren't really shying back from one another. And then all of a sudden, it was like the Holy Spirit just dropped something. He said, there's somebody in the room laughing, and it's not you and Beth. It was like discernment came. Oh, my gosh, there's a spirit here, and it's not us that's causing this fight to happen. And so we, we put this into practice. We, we use the washing of water by the word. And so, guys, if you're taking notes, and I encourage you to write this down. This is huge. This is going to save your marriage. Write down Proverbs 31, and then start in verse 10, and you can go all the way to verse 31. Proverbs 31, verse 10 to 31. And those are one scripture that you could wash your bride with the washing of water by the word. Now, Beth isn't in here right now. She's not here in children's ministry. But what I would do to her as an example is I would say, God, Proverbs 31, verse 10, a virtuous woman who can find her. She is far more precious than a jewel of ruby. God, thank you that you've given me a virtuous woman. I found her. She's far more precious to me than any ruby, any diamond, any jewel anywhere. Thank you. One verse of scripture. And what that would do, it would be like an engine solvent. It would just remove all the gunk off of my wife. It would cleanse her. And then she would do the same for me. She would read Acts 13, 22 as an example. And she would say, God, thank you that you've given me a man. Like King David, a man after your own heart. And that washing of water by the word would cleanse me 
And when we realize and recognize we're not against each other, we are one. We are one possession. But we have an enemy who, seal, who seeks to steal, kill, and destroy. And so when we come together and wash each other with the word of God, we are cleansed from all unrighteousness. And we have now taken the spiritual realm where we engaged that through God's word and brought it into the natural, and our marriage has been healed. Good picture? Okay, I'm going to trust that in you. See, in the marriage, oftentimes spiritual manifestations happen and manifest in the natural, and we need to engage at the spiritual level with God's word. Remember, the Holy Spirit is hovering over his word, ready to perform it. John, 4, uh, John chapter 4, 24 says, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship where? In spirit. And where? In truth. Okay? The spirit there is the word pneuma. It means the breath of God. It's the divine nature of Jesus Christ that we engage in. Truth is the word aletheia in, in the Greek or the, uh, the, yeah, the Greek. And what it is, is it basically means human reason without supernatural intervention. And here's what that, how that explains to you and I. I engage in the spirit, in the spirit realm, and from the spirit realm, the Holy Spirit comes and leads me and guides me into truth that I can receive in the natural with no intervention. It's the truth of God's word. It's right here available for you and I. It works today. The battle in the spiritual sphere has a strong influence over what happens on the earth. Listen to this, and, and, and Damon shared this. Uh, they had no idea what I was going to preach about, but they were sharing the scriptures that I'm using today, which is really cool. Ephesians chapter 6, turn there, and we'll start in verse 11. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Underline that. Your struggle is not against your spouse. It's not against your children. It's not against your co-workers or your boss. Your struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms, in the spiritual Paul is reminding us, his people, the people of God uh, and the events on the earth, that they're not the enemy. The things that you and I are looking at in the natural are not the enemy. They are at times being manipulated by spiritual forces that we cannot see. But our struggle is in the unseen realm. My struggle is not with my wife and her struggle is not with me. It's not with my children. It's in the spiritual realm that activity is happening and working and operating through them. Here's another example, Daniel chapter 10, where I told you to turn at the beginning of this message. Suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palm of my hands. He was prostrate on the ground. And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. So he got up from the ground. And he was trembling there before this this, this, uh, this angel, he said, that, he said to me, do not fear, Daniel. From the first day that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia 
withstood me 21 days, and behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I'd been left alone with the kings of Persia. Now I've come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision refers to many days yet to come. The spiritual prince of Persia had to be defeated in the spiritual realm before the situation could change in the natural realm. It says that Daniel was fasting and praying for 21 days. And I got to imagine on the 13th or 14th day, he's probably looking up and going, God, are you listening to me? God, are you there? I don't see anything happening. I'm sure at some point in the 21 days, he was a little discouraged because he couldn't see God doing anything. But the truth of the matter is, is that the moment that he humbled himself, that he got down on his knees and began to seek God in the spirit realm, angels were sent on his way. But he encountered a battle in the heavenly realm. In the spirit realm, something was going on. There were princes of Persia, demonic hosts, whatever you want to call them, and they had to battle. They were battling against this angel till finally Michael showed up and they were able to get through. Here's the, here's the bottom line. From the day that they set their heart, that Daniel set his heart to pray and enter into the spirit realm, help was on the way. And when help arrived, it began to change everything in the natural. The spirit and the natural work together. They operate side by side alongside of each other. Ephesians chapter two, verse six. And this is, this is how, this is when it close here. This is the, the, my favorite part because this is what we have to understand. See, I'm telling you, you need to engage in the, in the spiritual realm so it can affect the natural. But if you're going to engage in the spiritual realm, you have to get this. You have to get this. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. And you were dead in your trespasses and sin. This is speaking of you and I. In which you once walked, following the course of this world. Listen, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, following after these demonic spirits. But God, being rich in mercy, in verse 4, because of the great love in which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. For he raised us up from the dead along with Christ, and he seated us in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. The word there, and seated, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, is past tense meaning it's already happened. It's not gonna happen. It might, it's not might happen, it's done. The moment that Jesus ascended into heaven and was seated at the right hand of the Father, when he sat down, we sat down right there with him. It's already done. It's already established for eternity. There's nothing else that we can do for by grace we have been saved. That's why we are to rule and to reign and to operate in dominion and authority with Christ in this life now. Our seating, our reigning with Christ is a position of authority, 
It's a position of honor. It's a position of victory. It's not a position of failure. It's not a position of defeat and depression. It's a, it's a position of authority and honor with God. It's an already accomplished fact. We simply need to operate by faith, engage the enemy, and exercise the authority of God's word in every area of our life. Our position as Christ followers is one of joint seating with Jesus in the heavenly realms. This may not always feel like it's happening that way because of the circumstances that we're faced with. It might not always feel like we have authority or like we're seated in heavenly places. However, that is your position. We have to be able to see and discern in this, beyond the physical realm, into the spirit realm by faith, by reading God's word, by allowing the, the Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us into all truth. And then from that perspective, when we're seated with him in the heavenly realms, we begin to navigate in the spirit. Listen, we don't pray it through to be seated in the spirit. We don't struggle or battle demons to be seated with the Spirit. Our position, our seating with Christ in the heavenly places has already been done for us. Let me ask you a question. And I want you to respond to me. Are we the church, not the building, us as people, the body of Christ? Okay, and the body is connected to the head. Who is the head of the church? Jesus is the head of the church. So repeat after me. I am seated with Christ in the heavenly realm. When he sat down, we sat down, okay? When we receive the revelation of the word of God and our position in Jesus Christ, we no longer walk around defeated. We walk around in victory. We take our place as more than conquerors which was God's design when he created us. I want to encourage you this morning to begin now to allow the word of God to continue to conform your hearts, transform and renew your mind so that you live out the victory that God has already provided for you. From the physical realm, recognizing that that spiritual realm, once we engage in it, from a seated position in the heavenly realm, we will have the victory. Stand up with me if you would this morning. Bow your heads for me if you would just for a moment here. I want to speak to you here in the room and those of you online. In order for you to engage in that spiritual realm in order for you to see yourself seated in the heavenly realm first and foremost you have to surrender your life to Jesus Christ you have to surrender your life to Jesus Christ and there may be some of you in this room who have never done that or maybe at one time you did but will you find this today that you're far away from him I want you to know God is here. He's standing at the door and he's knocking and asking you to allow him in. 
If you're here this morning, if you're there online, and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, you're one of the blessed places to be able to do that today. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, so this will be a private moment between you and God. If you're here this morning, would you raise your hand so I can see and pray with you that you want to surrender your life to Jesus today? Thank you. I see you there, sweetheart. Anybody else? Anyone else? They're online. If you're on Rev City TV, you just can click the emoji. I want to give my life to Jesus. Just click that there on Facebook or on uh, YouTube. Just put on there. Just put the hand emoji there. We know you're raising your hand for us so we can pray with you. Thank you, brother. I see you there, man. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray a prayer, and, and we're all going to join together and pray this prayer because I believe that we need to be reminded of what God has brought us from and taken us out of and saved us. Second thing is, listen, we never graduate from grace. We need his grace and his mercy daily. So we're going to pray this short prayer. And if you raise your hand, we're going to join with you. And there online, I want you to pray this out loud there in your house, in your, at home, in your living room, wherever you're at watching this on video. But I want you to join me here this morning. Repeat after me, please. Father God, I need you to save me. I confess my sins to you and I ask you to cleanse me. Thank you, God, for forgiving me and saving me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit that I might be born again. I love you, God, and I give my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give the Lord a clap off for this one? Now listen to me, if you're here in this room and you prayed that prayer, we have the gift for you. you as you're walking out today, you can stop by the Welcome Center, little desk out there. We wanna, we wanna give you a Fresh Start Bible. It's a great Bible, it's incredible. It's got great devotions and it'll show you and help you out on your new walk with Christ. Or even if you're coming back, it'll help you get started again. For you online, if you'll text new life, all one word at 350500, we will connect with you and we will make sure and send you a Bible to put that in your hand as you begin your new journey of faith. I want to encourage you today, listen, if you're struggling at all, I want you to know it's not the people around you. It's not the circumstance around you. There's something happening in the spirit realm that you need to engage in. But before you engage, know that you know that you know, not just here, but here, that you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. And from that position, victory is already assured. Amen? Amen. Love you guys. Let's continue to worship this morning.